what is this saying? What? What? or like literally any movie, the town, any movie that has Boston in it, they will play that song by the Dropkick Murphys, which is ironic because they have, I mean, that's a pretty good song, but they actually have some pretty good songs. Um, I discovered the Dropkick Murphys back in 1990. It's either 1998 or 1999. I'm going to go with 1999, actually, yes. Um, because I remember, I had never heard of them at that point, but I remember going to Warp Tour. Don't remember who I went with. I mean, I, I know my buddy Ian went with me, but I'm trying to remember who else went with me. Um, definitely there was this girl from work that I was trying to fuck that went, um, that I brought. And I thought that if I brought her to the concert, she would fuck me. And I was right, but... It took me a while still. Like, she didn't fuck me, like, right after the concert. Still had to wait a few more weeks or something. But anyway, uh, I remember seeing the Dropkick Murphys there. Didn't go to see them. I had gone because uh, Blink-182 Blink was performing. Yup, that's right. Those guys. Um, and also uh, Pennywise was there. Black Eyed Peas before Fergie. Um, Zebrahead. The Vandals. Eminem was the headliner. Um... Ice tea and body count, like, yeah, dude, it was a pretty good fucking concert. Shout out to Warp Tour, 1999, at the San Bernardino Orange Fair, or what's it called, the Orange Show Fairgrounds or something. Um, fun story about that, and then I'm gonna get into another fun story, and then I'm gonna get into another fun story. So, uh, Orange Show Fairgrounds, um, right? That was where it was, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know he's listening, so um, my best friend Eric Dunn, um, we were, I want to say it was our junior year, maybe even our senior year in high school. I know that you guys, this is my blue thoughts, but fucking these are my blue thoughts. These are thoughts. Um, kind of Dodger related, but not really. It is 
indirectly because Dropkick Murphys, Boston, Dodgers just played at Boston. So there you go. That's how you make the connection. Booyah. Um, we went to like a college fair at the Orange Fairgrounds or the Orange Show Fairgrounds. Is that what the name of it is? Um, and uh, I don't know why, but I brought, I put vodka like in a thermos. I didn't even drink. And then Eric put orange juice or vice versa. And then Eric was getting drunk with this girl. Um, Stephanie Flores, shout out. I know she's not listening. But her dad and her brothers were Dodger fans, I think. So maybe, I don't know. But anyway, um, and then she got so drunk on the field trip that she got in big trouble at school. And I'll always remember that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> what, like I said, what's going on, you guys? Welcome to My Blue Thoughts. At this point, you guys are like, hey, Peter, we're five minutes into this podcast and you haven't said anything about baseball. I mean, I kind of did. I gave you guys some history about Boston. You're welcome. Um just I'll, I'll just do the basics really quick before we get into some stories I wanted to tell about Boston and uh, the time my brother and I went when the Dodgers played the Red Sox there. Um, as you guys listen to this right now, um, <laughs> the Dodgers look to be in pretty good shape as far as making the playoffs. Uh complete disaster would make them not make the playoffs but as it stands right now things are looking pretty fucking good we sit here 31 games over 500 which is you know say what you want about i mean if you're one of those people and i hope you're not that think dave roberts makes all of the decisions and blames everything on dave roberts robert doesn't know how to manage and blah blah now, I don't believe that. I believe, from what I know with my inside sources, that Dave Roberts doesn't make all the in-game decisions. That's why some of these moves that you scratch your head about and then he doesn't get in trouble and he hasn't been fired despite the fact that he's made some questionable moves over the years in the postseason and whatnot. Because he's taking orders. Like, would you fucking continue to put a guy out anyway? I know he's taking orders, but there are some people that still believe that he's not so that, that he's making all of the decisions. So if that's the case, then you guys better give Dave Roberts a fucking buttload shitload of credit for dealing with all of the injuries that the Dodgers have dealt with this season. And there's been a lot of them. You know, we go through this every year, but every year. You know, some uh, a player goes down, two players go down. You know, some years it's worse than others, but this year in particular, especially in the pitching staff, the Dodgers have been decimated by injuries. Just de- like I mean, three fourths, three fifths of the rotation were out at some. I mean, essentially all of the rotation has been out at some point or another this season. I don't think there's anybody. I mean, Bobby Miller got called up later on, but I don't think there's anybody in the rotation that hasn't either been called up, you know, because we've had some call-ups, that hasn't spent time on the IL this season. And not to mention injuries to guys like uh, fucking, I'm drawing a blank here, Uh, you know, Chris Taylor going down, Muncie going down a little bit, motherfucking... J.D. Martinez going down like 
guy when Miguel Rojas was hurt for a little bit. Like, I mean, not that he's a huge impact player, but like you just have all of these injuries. And let's not get started on how shitty the bullpen was and how many guys that they counted on being in the bullpen that haven't been able to contribute at all or very little because of injuries. And despite all of that, Dave Roberts, if you believe that he makes all the decisions, has them right where they've been every year for the last 9, 10, 11 years. 12 games ahead of the D-backs who have now traded places with the Giants again. Now they're back in second place. Um, 14 games ahead of the Giants. And wait, <laughs> the Padres are 20 games out of first place. Just an absolute fucking shit show. Now, they have the bragging rights from the playoffs last year, but what a fucking shit show. I, I, you know what I want? I want all of the fucking MLB writers and, you know, broadcasters and quote-unquote experts to fucking go back, go on the air live on ESPN or MLB Network or one of those fucking networks and be like, you know what? We were wrong. We've been hyping up the Padres because Tatis fucking dances and the, because they put spinners on the fucking things and because they jump up and down and they're so exciting. Really? How exciting is a team? <laughs> how, how exciting is a team right there that's below 500, nine games and 20 games out of the fucking out of first place, not even going to sniff the fucking playoffs. And we're still in August. Go back and fucking listen to the episode, season seven, the first episode of this season, when I fucking called this shit. I said the Padres were going to fucking be the Padres, and that's exactly what fucking happened. That's why this is the best Dodger fucking podcast on the internet, because I know my shit, dude, okay? But anyway, Dodgers are poised right where they need to be. Now, the wild card is interesting because you got... You know, the Phillies and the Cubs led by our old friend Cody Bellinger. Um, and you got the D-backs right there. And then right behind, you got the Reds, the Giants, and the Marlins just fucking just, just right there waiting to fucking make it happen. And that's that's why we have, you know, 12 wildcard teams now. Like that, <laughs> That's why we have an expanded round of playoffs because you want all these others. I mean, because in the old days, at this point, you know, attendance drops in, in MLB because all these teams realize they're out of it. But when you have so many teams that are still in it, you know, attendance stays up because people still care. Now, if you're like me, you love baseball and you will support your team no matter what. You don't go online and fucking go on fan forums and talk shit. Oh, yeah, that's our segment, right? I always forget this segment. I remembered it a couple times, but we're going to go through it right now. Yeah, buddy. Let's go, Dodgers Nation. Freddie might get 80 doubles a year if he played in Flint in Fenway. I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, okay, so, okay, this is a good one. So, this is a, 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 like a news article, I guess, that says... It's basically saying that uh, the Angels wanted to do an MRI, MRI on Otani like a month ago when he had cramps, and his agent said no because they didn't think it was necessary. So maybe they knew something 
Um, so then this guy writes, and people here are still clamoring to sign this guy. This is attempted fraud we're talking about. Sure, likely would have got exposed in the physical before Dodgers signed him, but maybe, maybe not. This is a really bad sign in my book. Sort of like I thought about a certain pitcher that we signed and then had to go play in Japan. I looked at his online social media and was like, this dude is nuts. But that's not important here. Can Otani be trusted? You want to give a guy who would do this hundreds of millions of dollars? Really? But I get it. Character does not matter at all for some folks. <laughs> what a fucking loser. <laughs> Like, if, if, if you're one of the people that go online and criticize professional athletes for how much money they make, you're a fucking loser, okay? You're a loser. You have a loser fucking mentality, okay? If you were good at a sport, you would take, or, or whatever your fucking job is, if people wanted to pay you millions of dollars for your job you would take it and you would do whatever you could to make those millions of dollars so for all these people eh, they're overpaid they're not overpaid because people pay it they'd be overpaid if they weren't getting the money they demanded but they do because that's what the market value is now is it a lot of money yeah is it an unfathomable amount of money yeah but it's not your money, so fucking who cares, dude? Go to the game, get your fucking michelada, take a picture of it, take a picture of your fucking disgusting ass fucking Dodger Sunday helmet and with your fucking big ass belly from all the beer and all the fucking bullshit, dude. Do that, and then look at the specimens that are out on that field. And then wonder why they're getting paid millions of dollars and you are not. Do you see what I'm saying? So, that's a stupid comment. Otani, now, it'd be interesting to see because, I mean, I, I've kind of been on the boat where I would rather get Urias back and, you know, maybe a Juan Soto or another bat. You know, I would, I would love to keep Julio and Dodger Blue. Um... And now if Otani's not pitching next year, I mean, he costs, us, he costs himself a lot of money. You know, he's, he's going to miss some time. He might need another Tommy John surgery. I don't know. He could still hit. He could still hit 40 home runs. Like, that's great. And the thing is, too, is he's also going to be a huge attraction to whatever team signs him. So whether it be the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox, like I'm naming these teams because there's only a handful of teams that even have the kind of budget to pay what he's going to demand. But I don't know, man. I just It's not my money, so I don't fucking care. Uh, let's see what uh, this... Uh, what, I'm going to read a couple more. Dodgers on pace to win 100 games. Amazing with so much criticism of their off-season moves or perceived lack thereof. Injuries to their sharding store stop and all members of the starting rotation. I just said that. A poor bullpen, poor trade line deadline, poor trade deadline acquisitions. The Dodgers front office and coaches continue to show why they are the best in the business. Um, let's go one more. One more. I'm getting some fucking bullshit. Mookie trying to get swole. Um, okay. <laughs> like, whatever. Um, 
yeah, just wanted to, to read some of the fucking stupid comments. Um, just really quick, like, and then I'll get into my story. Um, by the way, I talked about the Cubs being in the wild card. Cody is hitting 317 with 20 home runs. Um, I didn't want to let him go. I told you guys that. I I was very sad. I thought that the Dodgers gave up on him too soon. Looks like I was right, but something wasn't working with him in L.A., so he left, whether it be him not listening to the coaching staff, or I, I don't know, but we can't deny that Cody of the last couple of years was nothing like the Cody in his MVP season and his Rookie of the Year season, and you know, Cody had clutch hits his entire career with the Dodgers, but his production went down a lot, and he struck out a lot. And now he's doing great. You know, sometimes guys just need a change of scenery. Now, the friendly confines of Wrigley Field, very good for a hitter. You know, Dodger Stadium is not a hitter-friendly ballpark. So when guys put up the kind of numbers that he did or the kind of numbers that Mookie and and Freddie Freeman are putting up, like, you just you marvel because Dodger Stadium is a pitcher's ballpark. You know, Wrigley Field is not. <laughs> Uh, but good for Cody, you know, hopefully, you know, he's going to make himself some money. I, uh, I wanted to, to highlight a couple things, um, you know, the Dodgers for all the depth and everything that we talked about, you know, Michael Bush comes back up, didn't do so great his first trip around, his first call up, but hit his first MLB home run, what a fucking moment, you know, he's been hitting home runs in AAA, dude, dude's got pop. Um, just hadn't shown it yet. Didn't really get a, a huge opportunity the first time he got called up, but he did. Austin Barnes very quietly, slowly creeping his batting average up. He's at 165 now, which is very exciting. Um, Muncie finally up over the Mendoza line. Like, that's promising. He was below 200 the whole season. Um, Gavin Stone, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but these guys that, you know, some guys they get called up and they, they excel right away. And then they go into slumps like a James Outman, and then they have to make an adjustment or they don't get to come back. And Gavin Stone was kind of the opposite. Came up, didn't really do well, sent him back down. Didn't do great, but he came in in a situation where he's pitching in Boston, you know, got called up, six innings, four runs, which is, you know, nothing to write home about, but that's solid, dude. That's almost a quality start, even though he didn't start, but... You know, if you can get six innings and four runs, like, most people are going to take that. Um, I did want to play something, though, because I thought this was pretty cool. This is... Uh, this is Mookie Betts, our great right fielder slash team player slash, you know, now MVP candidate this season. And this is him getting uh, his first at-bat in Boston and the ovation that he got rightfully deserved. <laughs> now, they're not booing. They're saying, Mookie, obviously. He tips his hat, takes off his helmet, you know, acknowledges the crowd. Class act.
Now, say what you want about Boston, you know, fans. I know a lot of people are annoyed by them. I love it, dude. I, I, I talked about, I touched on it a little bit, but, you know, our, our visit to Fenway. Um, and I just remember, see, I give Dodger fans a lot of shit for arriving late and rightfully so like Dodger fans are always late now do we live in one of the worst fucking places for traffic yeah it just is what it is dude like fucking if you live here you know there's going to be traffic if you get off of work at five or six which most people do you're going to get into traffic it is what it is, and I would love to know, and I'll never know, the percentage of people that arrived late to the games because they went straight from work, or that they just wait till the fucking last minute, or even worse, they're like, oh, I'll get, th- it's okay, I'll, I'll, I can get there in the second or third or fourth inning, like there's still two hours of the game left, because that's not really the case anymore. Average game time has gone way down. You know, you got games 2.20, 2.30 this year with the pitch clock and everything, which I still don't love, but it is what it is. It does speed up the game, and it, it makes it so that if you are one of those fucking lackadaisical fucks, you're going to be at the game halfway through. And I, I've, I've just never liked that because, you know, because I've had the luxury of going to so many different ballparks and seeing, you know, how passionate fans are in other pla- not that Dodger fans aren't passionate because when that stadium is full and it's you know a Dodger Giant game or a playoff game a World Series game like you fucking feel it dude and it's the best energy like it's it's infectious it's now I will say this a lot of other stadiums I've talked about it before Dodger fans don't stand unless something good happens so let's say it's a world series game and your pitcher you know is in a jam and you're trying to will him out of it dodger stadium will not stand every other ballpark across major league baseball in that situation those fans are going to come to their feet and kind of try to cheer that player on dodger fans don't do that and it's always bothered me dodger fans will not stand up in the ninth inning Unless it's two outs and two strikes. Why not stand with two outs? You don't know that the guy's going to strike out. You, I mean, there's actually, I don't know, statistics, but odds are he's probably going to ground out or hit a fly out. Why would you wait until two strikes? Because you're fucking lazy. And what I, my, my point that I'm getting at is there's a lot of things about Dodger fans that bother me. Stuff like that. You're supposed to cheer. You know, you go to a, like a Laker game. They're yelling, defense, defense, like all the fucking time because you're trying to get that advantage of the home field. That's the whole point. And I remember going to the Red Sox-Dodger game, and it was one of the first ballparks I had ever been to where Chicago was the first one when because I, I went to Wrigley first. Um, I talked about it a little bit last week when I went to Wrigley for my birthday um but Chicago and Boston were two places where I went and the crowd was the stadium was full at first pitch like 
nobody getting in there in the third, fourth inning. Like I mean, I've I've been to games where I'm sitting and maybe I have my feet on the the seat in front of me or whatever because Dodger Stadium it's so fucking tight and cramped, dude. Um, I don't know how all the fat people fucking fit in their seats, dude, at Dodger Stadium. Like I see people. They're overlapping on the fucking seat, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, that's got to be so uncomfortable. Um, maybe a sign to, I don't know, do some cardio and maybe lay off on the micheladas. I don't know, dude. But, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe I have my stuff, you know, on the seat in front of me, and then all of a sudden, like, halfway into the game, people come like, oh, excuse me, these are our seats, like, and I got to move my, th- I'm like, you're, you're like an hour and a half late, dude. Doesn't happen in Boston, Okay. Those fans were there from the first pitch, cheering, fucking, la- you just feel, it's a, it's just a different energy, okay? Uh, but the story I wanted to tell, and I, I, I told you guys, I teased it last week, so uh, my brother and I go to Boston for the Dodgers when, when they played the Red Sox, and it was kind of a baseball trip. We were going to go to, we were going to go to Yankee game, go to a Mets game, and go to a Dodger game. It, it worked out perfectly that the Yankees were were in town when the Red Sox were in town. And then a couple of days later, the Mets were coming to town. So we stayed like, I don't know, like three or four days and we got it all. Like it was fucking great. Okay. But, um, we were, I was trying, I was trying to rent a long story short. I was trying to rent a car and I couldn't rent a car cause I didn't have a credit card. I think they wouldn't rent it to me with a debit card or something. Um, so we had to figure out a way to get from New York to Boston. Didn't know about the train back then. So my brother and I took a cab and we're like, hey, we need to get a flight. And this is before. I mean, I guess this, the Expedia is around at this point, but like we don't have it on our phones like we do now. So we get on a flight and the, the fucking cab driver is like, where do you guys need to go? We need to go to the airport. We need to get a fl- We got to go to Boston. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll get you guys a flight right now. He calls the airport and... Uh, He's like calling all the flights and he's like, no, that's too much. We need, I need two tickets to Boston. And this guy's like driving and finally we get a flight to Boston. It's like, it's, it's $200 to Boston or whatever. Right. Um, so we, I don't, I don't, I don't remember how much it was. So we give him our credit card over the phone <laughs> and we fucking get to, I don't even remember what airport we flew out of. I want to say LaGuardia. I don't fucking know. Get to Boston and we're so excited that we're there. Like, cause we almost didn't get it get to get there because we didn't have our rental car so we get there and this this we didn't know there was a train that we could have gone on and whatever um i don't know anyway we get to boston and we are like kids in a candy store we're so excited we get there early we do the stadium tour um we walk around yaki way and everything that's a street right behind where there's all kinds of stores and people selling t-shirts and there's bars and it's just like Something we miss as Dodger fans where, you know, Dodger Stadium is just kind of in the middle of nothing. You know, there's nothing around. You can't walk to a bar. I mean, I guess technically if you walk up to uh, the stadium like I do all the time, you can walk down the street a little bit more and there are bars. But it's not like in Boston and New York and there's other places where like they're like right there. You have a drink and you walk right over to the park and like it's there. That's what Boston is. And so we get there, like I said. We're there early, and we're there for batting practice, and we're just running around fucking the outfield at Fenway Park, just fucking loving it, and uh, 
you know, Dodgers lost. I don't remember what the score was, but just just a great time. And the fans were like, oh, you're from L.A. That's so cool. Like, how do you like Boston? And everyone was so friendly. And, you know, like Boston fans, like I said, they like they get a bad rap. But my brother and I felt nothing but love and respect from the fans there. And they love their team, you know. And then we we get on the uh, we get on the T, I think is what it's called, to go back to the airport. And we get to the airport, and we hadn't had a return flight yet. And we had an account. We were so excited to get the flight to Boston to get to the game on time um, that we hadn't accounted for a return flight. So there were no more flights leaving (laughs) Boston. And we, the next flight was like at 6 o'clock in the morning or something. And uh, we didn't want to pay for a hotel because we had a hotel in New York (laughs) that we were going to go back to. Um, long story short, we spent the night in the airport in Boston and then took that first flight out at six o'clock. So we slept on benches at Logan airport and it's a memory that my brother and I will remember forever, dude. (laughs) Like we fucking slept in the airport. Um, so I just thought about that and it was a fun story and I wanted to share with you guys. These are my blue thoughts. Um, the Dodgers, as long as they continue to play. The way they are playing, all will be right in Dodgerland. We will be sitting here in a few weeks getting ready for October. I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs, like, no doubt. But uh, this week will be interesting because as it sits right now, the Dodgers are four games behind the Braves for best record in the NL. And wouldn't you know it, the Braves come to town for four games against our Dodgers. Uh, We got three games with the Diamondbacks here, D-backs, whatever the fuck they're called. Monday through Wednesday, and then the Braves come into town for a big four-game series, and I think a lot of people are going to be watching those games. I unfortunately will probably—I mean, I'll be—I'll be watching them, but I got shows every night this week, pretty much. Um, so I'm going to be just watching from my phone, like I always do in that situation. But exciting to get that matchup. It'd be great. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if. Uh, they have the best record. You still got to win those games, you know. If last season taught us anything, 111 wins doesn't mean shit. So all that matters is that you win those games in October and November because the World Series will roll into November this season. But um, with that being said, if you guys happen to be in Tucson, that's where I'm going to be this week. Laughs Tucson. And then Sunday, I'm going to be at Mike Drop Comedy Club in San Diego. And then next week, I'm going to be in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, uh, the 8th and 9th. So that's what I got coming up. Um, Also, oh, actually, here in the high desert, September 7th is our show, our monthly show at the Dream Lounge. Come to that. Support live comedy. Support me. And if you don't, that's okay. You're listening to this podcast, so you support me anyway. But it'd be better, or not better, it would be fun if you came and watched me do what I do best, which is not podcasting. It's more the, it's more comedy, but whatever. Um, anyway, you guys, again, thank you for listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, rate it. You know how we do it. Um, I love doing this. This is my thing. Um, it is what it is. Thank you guys so much, and I will see you guys next time. Bye,